Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Do you like beer? Do you like free? How about, you guessed it, free beer? As a valued listener, we'd like to bestow upon you just that. Thanks to our good pals at beer52.com, you have the opportunity to sip eight delicious and painstakingly sourced craft beers from around the world. All you need to do is go to www.beer52.com forward slash city and cover just the postage of £4.95 and, as if that wasn't enough, as a listener of the Man City Show, you'll get two extra free beers. So that's ten free beers. Beer 52 are the beer pioneers. They traverse the globe to find the best and most interesting beers from around the smallest batch breweries planet Earth has to offer. No surprise, then, that they are the world's most popular craft beer discovery club. Each month, Beer 52 delivers a case with a different theme. Themes have included Germany, Korea, Belgium, South Africa, California, New Zealand, and many, many more, but they haven't forgotten their roots. As an independent UK company, Beer 52 are also passionate about the UK craft beer scene. The beauty of Beer 52 is that you can leave any time. The power is in your hands. As well as the best, most interesting beer money can buy, your case will include the award-winning craft beer magazine, Ferment, which explains the theme and individual beers you'll receive and a beery snack is thrown in, just to top it all off. Don't like dark beers? Choose the light plan. Easy. Just go to www.beer52.com forward slash city to get your case free. And don't forget, right now, the Man City Show listeners get two extra free beers. Welcome to the Man City Show. It's Nigel Rothman back in the chair. We are living in unprecedented times. Our only wish is that we all get through this awful situation safely and well enough to enjoy many more years together. Having said that, a lot of people will be spending a lot of time at home with plenty of time on their hands. So however insignificant it might seem, we do have an opportunity to bring some light relief and record another Man City show for you. And to help me do that, I've got three guests. Welcome to Stephen Allwise. Hi, Nigel. To John Stapleton. Hi, Nigel. And to David Blakeney. Hi, Nigel. Uh, listen, we're all in three different parts of the world here. Uh, we haven't been able to get into the studio, as you can imagine. Uh, so it might be a little bit stilted this week, but we'll give it a go. Let's uh, let's see how we go. Let, let me first of all just start with the health stuff first. I'm going to start with you, John, just because you and I, my friend, are in that sort of 
category that people are saying we've got to be a little bit more careful. So just just checking you and Lynn and the family are all well. That's the first thing. Yeah, we're in good shape. Thank you very much indeed. It's it's a remarkable turn of events, isn't it? I mean, who'd have thought a month ago that uh, we'd be in this situation now? I, I live in, in West London. I went not far from Richmond, and I, I went into Richmond uh, uh, this morning to pick up some things, and it was like Richmond at 6 o'clock on a Sunday morning. Unbelievable. The, the, the bonus for us is we're also on the flight path like millions of other people, and uh, it's lovely and quiet for once. And, of course, the atmosphere is much better. So there is a silver lining somewhere. Uh, David, despite your numerous grey hairs, you're you're you're, you're a, a young, fit orange thing, so you should be all right, I suspect. <laughs> but, but 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 being serious, you you're all fitting well and 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 family keeping well. Yeah, we're we're not too bad, thanks. We've decided just to sort of stay in most of the time now and only go out for necessities and uh, just be careful. There's no point. So we'll go for walks, but locally we're not doing the parks. Uh, I go for a run early in the morning. Uh, keep away from people just be sensible so we're following the advice and we'd rather sort of be a bit proactive as opposed to you know some gung-ho people are out there so yeah all good thanks so far touch wood and Stephen, I trust you're well as well, and I understand still working, which is good, albeit from home. How are you managing on kind of Saturday afternoons during the winter, Stephen? How do you manage to keep yourselves occupied? Because you're a very much a home and away man, as many of us are. What keeps you busy? How can you sort of get over the fact that you're not seeing the beloved Man City anymore? Yeah, it's it's a challenge because Saturday and Sunday now just merge into every other weekday, given that there's no sport. Um, kind of very limited of anything live on TV to watch. So it's um, the same challenges that everyone else is facing of of trying to keep busy, trying to keep active, um, but absolutely taking all precautions uh, possible to to stay safe and healthy. And and what about you, John? I mean, Saturday afternoons in the winter for for many years have been a standard fare for you on either up the train, on the train up to the Etihad for a home game or somewhere around the rest of the country. How, How are you coping? Believe it or not, Nigel, I've been learning how to use the washing machine. <laughs> I thought I'd offer you that one. A cheap laugh at my expense. Uh, it, it's absolutely true. I've I spent 40-odd years watching Mrs. Stapleton manage brilliantly without ever having the faintest idea how the damn thing operated. Uh, so I've been getting tutorials in how to use a washing machine. I haven't actually physically used it myself yet, but I have written it all down on a piece of paper. So it comes to crisis, I shall be there and watching, washing my smalls, hopefully w- without shrinking them. Uh, but yes, it's not something I'd recommend for a Saturday afternoon normally, but, uh, you know, time needs must. Uh, any other new skills you're learning as well there, John? No, it it is, as I was saying, that did remind me of, the, I'm sure, apocryphal story about a famous footballer, I won't name him, it's because it's probably not true, but it's, it's a good tale <laughs> about the, the footballer, first division footballer, a very big name, whose wife was in hospital, and he rang her in hospital to say, where's my tea? And she said, it's in the fridge, and he said, which is the fridge? <laughs> <laughs> uh, anything else? No, I've been, I've been out, in, we've got a back garden, fortunately there's a bit of land at the back of our house, not all my land, I can assure you, but you know, communal land, and we can walk around there. It's been lovely weather, of course, and doing that. Uh, like, like the others, just been going for walks and trying to avoid crowds, not seeing our son uh, or his wife, although we've only just recently come back from holiday. We were lucky to get back in a way, I think, probably one of the last flights out of Mexico last weekend. Uh, we got back home safely, having had a great time. So uh, we, we were with him for a couple of weeks, uh, him and his wife, but I haven't seen 
Kidham Sinter and not liked him for some time. And he's he's another one who, you know, he's a freelance uh, TV producer and director and uh, he's currently out of work because he just had a, a contract cancelled. As are indeed many of the staff, not the staff, but the, those casual workers at City have been in touch with one or two of them. You know, the people, the hostesses, the, the, the stewards, you know, the security people, they're, they're out of work now. And, you know, unless uh, the Chancellor comes up with something special for uh, people who are self-employed, um, they're going to they're gonna have a rough time. Well, the, the, yeah, without getting too political, the government have, have done lots, haven't they, for people who are on uh, on people's yeah. payrolls. It's these uh, self-employed, and I say that someone's got to pay yeah, a lot, lot, lot of people, and me, and me included as well. So, so there we go. Uh, Listen, David, you, you spend your life in Abu Dhabi as well, so not getting over there for the first time in three weeks must be tough for you as well. You, could, you, you need well, to pop up the town. Have you got a, a lamp or something? How, how are you going to keep Funny enough, I was up? meant to be in Dubai three weeks ago for a retail conference and it got cancelled. So it's now been put for, it's now going to be early November and then we've got the Grand Prix at the end of November, so I've got a double visit in November. Well, well listen, we hope you're fitting well enough to be able to enjoy all of that. Let's, so do I. Let, let, let's talk a bit a bit about football. And, and listen, I, I just, again, reiterate the fact that you could argue this is pretty irrelevant stuff based on everything that's going on. But, hey, we've got an opportunity to maybe sort of lighten the load a bit here, as I said, and, and talk a bit about City and talk a little bit about football to, to, to help the time go by for people. And one of the things that have been discussed, because, of course, we, we don't know when this is going to end. It, the, date, the date just gets keeps getting extended we there'll be so many answers to these questions which will be we don't know so i'm going to try not to go there i'm just trying to think about certain scenarios which is if and it is a big if if the decision is made to complete the season behind closed doors it's one of the things that has been mentioned a number of times and it gives us an option to at least get the league finished um your thoughts on on that Stephen, in in terms of Games behind closed doors being an option, um, it's a good idea, isn't it? Get it done. Uh, people don't don't have to go. They'll no doubt live stream games to people's homes. Uh, got to be a good idea, surely. Yeah, I think if the if the priority is to complete the current season, then it's going to be behind closed doors. There's no way that the situation is going to have progressed in a positive light in enough time for 60,000 fans to all congregate um, at various stadia across the country. So it's almost, it boils down to, do you scrap the current season and start from August for, for next year? Or do you do everything you can, even if it pushes next season back, to get the current season finished? And it feels, everything we're hearing, it feels like that is the objective. Finish the current season, um, and therefore it will be behind closed doors. And obviously that's not ideal, but it's preferable perhaps to not playing any of the remaining games. And and then you've got no idea what happens with the title or the clubs battling relegation or competing for Europe. So I think it, it's going to be very very strange to watch as and when it happens um because it's something that that we've probably never seen before but it it feels like that's the way everything's going at at this stage and and how do you feel about that Stephen? though as as a football fan i mean you hear lots of people saying and i accept the argument and and it's well well you you constructed it well which says look it's a way of getting it done here these are unprecedented times but actually, the football is about the fans, and to suddenly have a large chunk of the season and various cup competitions and potentially the Champions League all being played behind closed doors, it's meant to be for the fans, isn't it? And isn't it a bit like going to the theatre and putting a, a show on, but with, with, with no audience? It, it doesn't seem to have much point, does it? 
Well, of course, but as you said the word unprecedented, which is exactly right, this has never happened before, so we're going to all have to adapt with with the flow as it moves forward. One of the advantages is, as you said before, streaming and, and the games will be available, I'm sure, for everybody to watch. It's not as if they're taking place and you have to rely on a couple of people at, at full time reporting the scores. You know, we're still going to be able to watch it. Absolutely, it's going to be different. Absolutely, the game is all around the fans in the stadium and having that live experience. But we've never been in this situation before. So it feels like the least bad option is to play the games and it is to have them behind closed doors. John, the least bad option, is, is that the way forward? Is that how you see it, to get this season finished? Well, I hope play the games but keep the doors shut? I hope to God not. As you rightly say, it's like you know staging a play or a, a West End show without an audience. I think it's an absolutely rotten idea, quite frankly. Uh, there's no, not much in it for the players, and there's not much in it. There's nothing in it for the fans. And I just wonder, you know, all, all right, if, say you played the game behind closed doors, and it's it's transmitted on television. It'd only be transmitted on the television on the television stations w- which have a, a right to transmit uh, that, that game. And what about the the other outside the Premier League? What about the clubs? lower down they're not they're not going to get you know massive television fees because they're not going to be televised they might show highlights of you know the goals and, and that's it and they won't have any crowds you know they won't have any uh, fans in the stadium either they'll be they'll be in terrible trouble i just don't see how that works i, I can, perhaps someone can explain to me uh, what happens to them because it's not just about the premier league this is about the, the whole of, of soccer uh, in the uk and, and, and indeed across the world I, but the the very idea of you know 22 players running around an empty stadium, uh, I don't think they'd like it for one minute, and I certainly would not either. And, you know, why, why not? Sorry, just to finish. Why not? I mean, surely there's only nine or ten games left in, in the league. I mean, we play one every three days. Put, this, put the next season back. You know, put the next, start the next season in October. Well, that's the other option, of course, and, and I'm just trying to sort of, uh, I'm looking at both sides. David, you, you, you've got a view here. Are you on, on John's team here, or are you with Stephen? Well, I think the first of all for next season is to say less friendly games, uh, internationals, they'll have a, 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 a smaller um, uh, pre-season, make the cup competitions with no replays and no additional rounds and no two-way semi-finals or whatever. Just cut out everything you possibly can and then you've got a way to push it back. So there's no reason why we can't push it back. Now, I do think we, when we talk about if you've got to play it behind closed doors, I think, John, your question on that, I'm sure they could allow all games to be screened and allow the streaming not to be blocked. These ways, you know, lots of people watch Saturday games. Every Saturday they watch the games and they're not on TV, but they're through streaming services. So why not allow for a period of time the streaming to happen if that's the only way people can get to watch football matches? So that could be an option. Uh, I don't like empty stadiums, but I'd rather get the season finished with. Uh, and maybe if that's the only option, is a bit of that and a bit of the other. Or maybe limit the crowds and say, right we'll have much more limited crowd, allow 10,000 people in there and all spread out. And maybe they need to think about those sort of ideas in, in each stadium. So they've got to think out of the box now. I mean, to be honest, I watched that Anton Deck on Saturday night and that was to an empty sta- uh, an empty audience, but they made the most of it and there's some very good that came out of that, as we all know, with the end bit was brilliant. So, you know, maybe... Uh, 
Don't spoil it, David. I didn't see Anton Deck, so uh, whatever you do, don't spoil it. Spoiler alert, um, everybody. But, but it's on, worth on, saying. A, on a slightly more serious note, in, in terms of the other option, which we don't seem to have uh, talked about, which is uh, a number of City fans, for the reasons you will understand, are saying, actually, the season should now be null and void. The longer it goes on, we should just draw a line under it. The trophies that have been played for and won uh, are given and kept. But as far as the league is concerned and the FA Cup and all those tournaments, they just kind of draw a line under it. Uh, no, no, no result. They're null and void. And we just start again whenever football starts next season. None of you seem to be a fan of, fan of that. Stephen, is, is that something you could see happening or is that just not an option? Yeah, I, th- I think if you'd have um, asked sort of maybe a month or so ago, that would have been where my head was at. It felt like the most sensible option. Just draw a line and, and start again in August. But the the ramifications of that are so widespread um, forget for a moment the business side of, of football or even the legal battles from teams in the championship um, or around the world. It, it's what, you know, if we're in the Champions League, do you have exactly the same teams in in the group stages? Do you have the same teams in the groups? Do you have the same teams in the same pots? What do you do about the cup draws? Do you, you have to repeat everything how it's, it's happened? Do you play teams in the same order? It's... Um, there's so many follow-up questions that actually I think I, I've probably come round to the idea of, given there are only, you know, eight, nine, ten games left, finish the current season, however long that takes. And I think going back to, to one of John's earlier points, I think next season will start later than it, it is scheduled to do. Because, you know, you have to, God knows when we're going to start playing football again, but you have to factor in enough time for the Premier League to finish. And and if you're going to carry on the Champions League, then that obviously impacts us and and other teams as well. And then you have to give players time to to rest over the, the, in inverted commas, summer. So everything's going to be pushed back. And I agree completely that the likes of international friendlies should be scrapped next season. And, um, you know, there's, there's elements of the football calendar that you can move around. But I think it, I, I'm probably in the boat now of let's just get through this season. And, and of course, from a City perspective, you can understand saying, oh, let's make it null and void because Liverpool don't win the league. But actually, selfishly, City are in a, a far better position than many other clubs because we know whatever happens, we're going to finish second. We're not going to win the league. We're not going to fall out the Champions League spots. We can almost use the rest of this season as a pre-season and play are we've got a great squad you play half the players one game and then rest them for the next one other clubs who are battling relegation don't have that luxury so I I think it gets to the point you have to finish the current season and if the 2021 campaign starts in September then so be it you can make it work finish the season is that the only option or can you see us drawing a line under it now saying, look, too much water's gone under the bridge. Let's just draw a line and start again next season. David, your, your thoughts on that then? Yeah, I, I, you have to finish the season. It is absolutely 100%. You, know, you can't start a new season without finishing the old one. So if you're going to have to sacrifice, you sacrifice something from the new season, not, not the current. Too much riding on it. What about I'm back with you, John. I'm back with you as well. 
Oh, excellent. Good man. So, so sorry. So where, where do you stand there, John, on this? So just, just finally on this before we move on, sort of uh, you, you with the other guys that really we've got to finish this season now. Things have moved on in the last month or so. Or actually, is there, a, a, there is a school of thought that has actually, nah, let's just stop it now and sort of wipe the slate clean and start again next season. No, I think that's an absolutely ludicrous idea. It was first, first mooted, wasn't it, by uh, Baroness Brady. Well, she has good reason to put forward an idea like that, given West Ham's position in the Premier League, of course. And we saw through that very, very quickly indeed. I think it's a ludicrous idea, uh, which is unfair on absolutely everybody. It's unfair on City, you know, theoretically at least could still uh, catch Liverpool. They wouldn't, of course, but they theoret- theoretically could. It's unfair on the teams who are at the bottom now, and it's certainly unfair on the teams who, who you know, might come up from the Champions Championship, uh, because you know the Brentfords and the Fulhams of this world would say, "Well, still we're in with a fighting chance of going up. You can't just sort of uh, uh, leave it here uh, because we're in with the shot." I think I hope to God they don't do that. I'm Josh Schneiderweiler, and I'm John McKenzie. We know that the football news cycle never slows down. But sometimes, don't you wish it did? On the Football Today podcast, we give you in-depth analysis of the most interesting stories from around the world of football. And hear from the most knowledgeable journalists in the game. You can listen to each episode in the time it takes for a single commute. So join us now and subscribe to Football Today, wherever you get your podcasts. If you want an e-bike that doesn't look like it's made for the shopping precinct, something that's less Mr Bean and more Steve McQueen, check out the range of bikes from London-based Cooler King. From dope 250-watt city bikes to Harley Bobber-inspired 750-watt beasts that can tear your face off while leaving your smile intact. Cooler Kings are made in limited numbers, yet highly affordable. Check them out now on the web at cooler.bike or find them on Instagram with hashtag CoolerKingBike. Cooler.bike. E-bikes that are cool AF. It, there are lots of other implications as well, of course, and, and the, the, the one of the reasons the league finishes when it does is because players' contracts very often uh, are signed up to June, and that's a date that's written in there. Um, so, so, so if the league is extended, that has implications for that. There's also our FFP case as well, and and transfer window implications as well. So I'm kind of throwing all those three. There may be others you can think of as well. So, so David, your, your thoughts on on that, and, and and if things are changed, if the rules are changed and dates are changed, it does have all sorts of other implications that have to be considered, surely. Yeah, but, I mean, I don't think transfer windows can be changed. It's not difficult to change those. Yeah, people have got contracts, but we're in extraordinary <coughs> circumstances or situations, so there are extraordinary things that have to happen. I mean, you know, at the end of the day, there are extraordinary things going on that are unprecedented. So they've just got to make the right call and just, you know, if they've got to, if players are going to have to agree that contracts get extended by a month automatically, if it was June, then it's July or August, that has to happen. Everyone has to give a bit on this. Stephen, seems, seems reasonable. 
Any any other thoughts? What are the other areas that maybe I haven't talked about that that we we that, that, that will be impacted by this potential decision? As we say, we don't know what's happening yet. But if say, as most sensible seem people seem to think, is let's extend the season whenever we can start playing again and get it all done and dusted. Uh, other implications, Stephen, for other things maybe that the football authorities will need to consider? Well, I, th- I think it, it's probably hard to pinpoint one or two because it impacts absolutely everything. The The main one, you know, will be the transfer window and, and what on earth happens and what at what point do clubs start speaking with players or at what point are they el- eligible to sign a new contract because we've heard that all the players who are out of contract at the end of June will be able to extend deals on a on a short-term basis. But, you know, at what point do they have to look for a new club or, or you know, what happens to pre-season and, and anything contracted around pre-season tours or, um, you know, the Premier League broadcast deals and, and what happens there. So, you know, somebody like a Leeds or a West Brom or any of the clubs challenging for promotion from the championship, there's an enormous difference. Obviously it's the biggest difference for them if they're facing another season in the championship versus they've been promoted to the Premier League. So you, you probably have to factor in time for them to adjust budgets and go after different sorts of players. Whereas at City, we know we're going to be shopping for, in a fairly small pool of, of top class talent. But it's it's across the board and it's totally unprecedented. And, and the reality, as we said at the very start, is that the answer to a lot of these questions is we don't know. We're going to have to wait and see. Um, but I'm certainly not envious of anyone making these decisions. Uh, John, anything else we don't know the answer to that you can think of that maybe we haven't discussed yet in terms of the implications of this potential delay? Well, I was reading uh, today, actually, that uh, whatever happens, it's not going to change the situation with regard to FFP. Um, The Court of Arbitration for Sport continues to exist and can continue to exist and can, in fact, hear appeals like the one city are putting for because they can do that, of course, uh, by Skype. So I don't think that changes anything as far as city are concerned. City are still banned for, for two years. Uh, from from that uh, tournament, and unless they win their case, that will be uh, that situation will remain. I I am completely conflicted about this. I I listened to our chief executive say these allegations are not true. However, one or two other people I talked to who claim to know a thing or two about what's going on uh, tell me that uh, City will be lucky to get off with a year, uh, and that the evidence is is substantial against against the club. So uh, I hope not, of course, but that's that's their view. Uh, but it, I don't think it changes that situation one jot. Uh, let's try and move things on to a slightly lighter note. Uh, something uh, I have to admit is not my idea, but but I've been trawling social media as we all have over the last sort of few weeks and days uh, to try and get our fix on City. And, and and somebody made a great suggestion, which I've nicked, so uh, I make no apology for that. And 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 that is, if the league had to be decided on hand-to-hand combat. Which City player, past or present, would you pick to fight for the title? Now, uh, for our listeners, this is something that uh, I did uh, share with our three guests before they came on. So you've all had a little bit of time to think about this. I suspect that John and myself, Mike, or even David, might come up with some names that go slightly further back than Stephen. So I'm going to start with Stephen. So here we are uh, with all the discussions we've had. The, the league has said, now nah, we're just going to have hand-to-hand combat. Uh, it will be televised, of course, uh, behind closed doors. Uh, and you can have one player who goes in for a scrap with a player from every other Premier League side. Um, who does City put forward, Stephen? Who's uh, who's your choice? 
Well, I've got three names. Awesome. Um, Excellent. One from the current squad and two for very different reasons of, of fairly recent past players. Um, current squad, slightly maverick shout would be Edison because I think he'd be so unpredictable and so willing to bend the rules as far as he possibly can <laughs> that you wouldn't have a clue what he's going to do next. Um and then the two from previous squads, one is probably fairly obvious in, in Vincent Company. Um, absolute man mountain would give everything he could. Um, big, strong, clever. He'd probably find a way to uh, tactically be stronger than the opponents. And then the other outside shout would be someone like a Craig Bellamy who would scrap in the very, you know, the Paul Dickoff mold would scrap and fight and bite and do whatever he needed to do <laughs> to wind up the opponent and get the job done. So those are my three, Edison, Bellamy, company. Fantastic. Uh, David? Uh, actually, I, I'm not as prepared because I didn't know that one. But um, I only have one I can think of straight away who I think will be brilliant. And that'll be Andy Morrison. Yeah, we'd have to we'd have to put on the strict diet, I think, before Andy was uh, able to get in there now. But uh, on, no, but on I, you talk about combat. Oh. I mean, tongue in cheek because of his uh, strength and his lunacy. So, um, but my other one would be Vinnie Company because he's he's the obvious one you want. But that's already been said. So, <laughs> um, I, I'm, I'd have to have a think about that whilst the others are still talking. Very good, uh, and John. Who have you gone for? Well, no surprise, uh, I'm sure, to you, uh, Nigel, to know that I've gone back a bit further. I've got three nominations as well. My mm. first one is Dave Ewing, here of the uh, Cup Final, protecting <laughs> Bert Trapman after Bert uh, broke his neck, of course. I once saw Dave Ewing, I'm sure this is, I'm sure I'm not making this up, I once saw Dave, Dave Ewing chase Dave Hickson from Everton, who's also a nutter, uh, the full length of the pitch, because Hickson had had the discourtesy to put the ball through his legs. Uh, so Dave Ewing certainly... <laughs> From more recent times, Nigel de Jong, who I thought was a, just a born fighter, should, should have been in a wrestling ring half the time. Uh, I, I'm, but in fairness to Nigel de Jong, a great player, gave 150% every time I saw him, and I could never for the life of me imagine why we ever let him go. Uh, and the third one I think will make you laugh. Uh, Dickoff as well is obviously a nomination. Joe Royal once told me that Dickoff would chase waste paper. Uh, but uh, uh, he gets edged out He gets edged out by my favourite, and you can, all, you can all laugh now, Danny Tiato. It was a mad yeah. as a Mad as a box of frogs. Excellent. Uh, I, I've uh, I, I've gone with De Jong as well, uh, just because he was an absolute animal. Uh, and there are not many Nigels who play for City, but uh, that's not the only reason. But Nigel De Jong, De Jong is on my list. Uh, I've gone for Tony Coleman as well, um, oh, yeah. who, was a, who was a bit of an animal out on the wing there, who didn't take many prisoners either. So uh, maybe a bit of a wild card there. And the other one, of course, who would absolutely... Bleed sky blue blood is Mike Doyle, who I think would just put his heart and soul into it and, and just would die for City. And uh, I'd have him on my team, I think, if it was hand to hand combat. Some some good names. Um, any uh, opponents you think from any other team uh, who probably we wouldn't want to come across? Any thoughts on who might be putting some players up for any of the other teams in the Premier League? Any names spring to mind? I know I've not asked you about that, so being slightly unkind, just throwing it on you, but uh, names from the past who were maybe the hard men of the game. Probably Dave Mackay probably would be making an appearance, wouldn't he, I think, for, for Tottenham Hotspur, you would have thought? Yeah. Are you talking to me, Nigel? 
John. Anybody, anybody yeah, who... Uh, I've, I've, you know, I've, 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 Dave Mackay and, and um, oh, from, from Liverpool, you know, oh, good heavens. Bye. Tommy Smith. Tommy, Tommy Smith. Smith. And, and what about Norman, bite your legs off, Hunter? Oof, there's a few there. There's a few there. Uh, listen, uh, before we go, uh, one other thought that I had, um, if this whole thing is going to be delayed, and it's all lifts and butts, I know, but something we all have been dreading is the, the last time that David Silver puts a sky blue shirt on for Manchester City. I just had a thought that potentially uh, the way things could run, it could well be that he's actually already played his last game for City and haven't had an opportunity to uh, say farewell properly to the magician, uh, to one of the greatest players ever to wear a sky blue shirt. That would be terrible. That would be horrendous. But, but just two things really before we go. One is your thoughts and reflections on David Silva and then Secondly, what we should be doing to make sure that we are given the opportunity to pay our respects to what who is a quite fantastic footballer. And, and, and David, do you want to do you want to go first on this one? Yeah, I mean, the thoughts are he just he was just at the centre of everything for us, and I think just to watch him was just pure artist or magician, as we've always called him. Um, and he's just up there with Vinny uh, and a few others as the people completely made history at City. So, you know, but just to watch him open up defences, you know, we, we you've seen this season, and that may be a bit of last season, how much we missed him when he was at his peak, and it's made a big difference. So just amazing guy to watch and... Um, and I think the most fitting thing will be a testimonial a bit like Vinny's last season. Got to do that. Stephen, your thoughts on David and what we could do? Yeah, I think the testimonial's absolutely the right idea. Um, if if he's said goodbye now. For me, I'm, I'm younger than, than the rest of you, but for me, he's the, the best player that I've seen wear a City shirt. And that's both for the quality because there's other players who have the quality, but he's had the longevity and he's been with us for 10 years now and has, you know, he's probably not attracted the headlines in the same way that Aguero has or Yaya has for the big goals in the big moments. But if there's one player who probably typifies the, the quality of football we've played over the last 10 years and that journey that we've gone on, it, and as someone who's been able to adapt, because you look at him and you think very slight. If you actually look at what he can't do, which is he can't head, he can't use his right foot, he can't run, he can't shoot very well, he can't tackle. You actually wonder <laughs> how on earth he's survived in the Premier League for that long. But he's done so much more than that. He's the absolute driving force for what we've achieved. And... You know, we'll look forward, hopefully, to watching Foden for many years as as the player that we anticipate will take his place. But I think Silver, for me, goes down as as City's greatest ever player. John, your your final thoughts then on the great David Silver? Well, I think it's a toss up between uh, David and and, uh, and Colin Bell, uh, the greatest player uh, title, and it's I, I've never quite made my mind up about that one. Uh, the guy is is not called a wizard for nothing; he's a genius. Uh, we owe him a great deal, and I think no matter what happens, no matter when it is, whether it's this year, next year, or wherever, he deserves a testimonial, as as has been said, uh, like that of Vincent Company or, or Pablo Zabaleta. 
Uh, we, we, he's terrific player. Seems a lovely, lovely guy, lovely fella, and uh, he, will, he is a city legend, truly. Listen, it's not easy uh, over Skype. Um, it's certainly not easy living through this. And, and on behalf of everybody uh, on the Man City Show, we wish you well. Stay safe. Uh, thank you to my three guests, to Stephen Allwise, to John Stapleton and to David Blakeney. This is Nigel Rothband saying thanks for listening and we'll talk to you all very soon. This is a Playback Media production. To listen to all our football podcasts, visit playbackmedia.co.uk. Sports Social Podcast Network.